0: Welcome to Behind the Geeks, the show where we're all geeks and you hear a little bit behind our our stories, which is, that was the worst (laughs) intro ever. Uh, I'm here with uh, Pete Matheson, Scott Riley, Jason Kemsley and myself, Nigel Moore. And uh, this show is streaming out via YouTube and some LinkedIns and some Facebooks and, and all other sorts of social media platforms. And as of today, it is also starting to become available on the podcast platform. So uh, this afternoon, I saw it pop up on Stitcher. Uh, and by in the next 24 hours, we should see it pop up in Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and, um, and sorry, Spotify as well. It's already on at Spotify at the moment as well. So we are now officially in the podcast world so for those of you listening on a podcast you can't see us we're all here pulling silly silly faces and (laughs) doing silly things on the camera Uh, but we will try our very best now that we're on podcasts to not do anything that you have to go and watch something on so we do screen share a little bit on this thing but we will always talk through screen shares and stuff like that Uh, so tonight's topic this morning's topic for those of you in the UK is uh, all around productivity and productivity is such a broad topic and it's a topic that's like this endless rabbit hole that we can all get stuck in and go in and can never come out from for many, many years and, and, um, and it's kind of this, this layers deep and, and it's one of these things that I know I'm a little bit of a productivity junkie. I know some of you guys are probably are as well and so we're just going to talk about some of the things that work for us, some of the things that don't work for us, some of the things that we've tried, some of the things that we've heard of out there. Uh, and so I saw that a couple of you guys have written some notes down here about things like last week, we've touched on the thing of the Pomodoros, um, using tools like automations with, with platforms like Zapier and stuff like that. So who's got the world's best productivity hack that has changed their entire life. And they want to start off by, let's start the conversation off by diving into it. And if no one raises their hand, I'm going to pick on someone. <laughs> There you go. Pete's raised his hand. Here we go. What's uh, what's something in your world, Pete, that's that's productivity-based? I would say the
1: the biggest and best thing from everything I've come across is just time blocking. I know that's quite a simple, simple, straightforward thing, but literally just block out the time that you need to do your tasks, and those tasks will only take as long as you give it. There's the whole, uh, was it? Parkinson's law. law. Parkinson's
2: Parkinson's law law of,
1: was it? Tasks consume the amount of time you allocate to them. If you give it a day, they'll take a day. If you give it an hour, you can do the same task in an hour because your mind just is is kind of just developed to know, oh, I've got a whole day to do this. I can, oh, I can have a look at Facebook. I can have a look at Twitter. Oh, what's that going on over there? And you just get distracted, whereas if you have that focus to do, like, the hours worth of work in the hour, I get so much more done. Uh, literally, like, since, since like, selling the my, my MSP and now doing the bits I'm doing now, I have, like, my days allocated at a high level so I know what I'm doing on each day. And then within each day, I then have things blocked off so – Mondays, I script my videos. Tuesdays, I shoot my videos. Wednesday mornings, I actually have a time block for time off, so I make sure I take time off every week. My Wednesday afternoons, I sometimes script and shoot like seven or eight videos for my, my coaching course. My Thursdays, just back-to-back phone calls. And my Friday is like my random catch-up, phone calls, emails, whatever kind of kind of day happens. Catch and then i Friday afternoons off. But blocking that time off, um, and, and that's still related back into the, like the MSP days of blocking time for just doing like tickets. Like as the business owner, I still had tickets that I needed to get to because we had this methodology of everything is a ticket, whether it's internal work, client facing work, whatever it was, there's a ticket for it. So I would have maybe an hour or maybe an hour and a half or two every single day booked to just check in and just go, have I got any tickets to deal with with today? Yep. Cool. Let's deal with the tickets. Done. Forget about that until like tomorrow. Same with like checking your emails, same with booking client calls and meetings. You could have like a window at least allocated for you know every day between 2 and 4 p.m. on my client calls. doesn't mean you're going to be doing them every single day, but that's when you allocate the time to do it. So it then frees your time up to do everything else in the mornings or in the afternoons or whenever it's going to be. That I just found was the biggest um, win for me overall, just having all of that mapped out for me. You know how your week's going to go. Yes, there's still some kind of flexib- flexibility with everything but you generally know what's going to go on and you don't get sucked into tickets for the whole day or replying to one client email for a whole day because it's a difficult one. You can just go, oh, I've got 10 minutes to do this, smash it out, move on to the next thing. And then just having like checklists to go through. Um, I mean, we can probably get onto that in a bit as well, like mm-hmm. to-do lips, uh, lists and apps and Todoist and Microsoft, whatever they're calling it, tasks and all those kind of uh, apps as well. But um, yeah, productivity tip one is time blocking your appointments for Everything, yes, but including like, Pete, and I include I, like all my family life in there as well.
2: <laughs> can, can I ask a question? Because don't you need that little thing called discipline?
0: Yeah, it's is about to ask discipline. How, do you, how does that play because, into it for you? It
2: was,
0: yeah, because,
1: I'm, I'm very yeah. hard on uh, how much time I spend <laughs> on things, and I, I will try and recap things to <laughs> myself. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly disciplined. Um, where I know I need to be disciplined, if that makes sense. I,
2: yeah, no, I think I think you need discipline because I uh, uh, no, I am. I'm not going to lie and say, oh, I've I fixed this problem. I'm an absolute um, goose. Let's go with goose for today. There we go. That's not offensive. Um, I'm an absolute goose for leaving things. Oh, look, the deadline's in two weeks, and I don't know if you've you've seen. There's a picture. You'll find it on the internet, and it's called like the creative process, and it's like start time deadline. <laughs> and then all of the work while crying, and and genuinely that seems to be my approach to most things. So I, I'm 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 here as the voice of Oh my god, I need these products, <laughs> <laughs> but um. I'll tell you some of the things that do work for me that I love to do. Like when you when you do set aside that focus time, because I do, but you remember how we talked about like getting engineers to do their training and doing their exams and you have to sit on them because something else will always be more important. Same thing, right? I, I'll put time aside and go, I, I need to get those things done in this, in this time frame. When I do get that focus down, one of the things that really helps me to do is, I mean, on my machine anyway, I've disabled all pop-ups for, like, Teams and email. So I don't get the little toast notifications that come in from the right-hand side saying, hey, you've got a new email. I don't get any um, Teams notifications that pop up. I don't have any sounds or any buzzers or anything like that. Because when I do want to focus on writing something or updating something, I don't need any of those distractions because I can get all Homer Simpson. And, Ooh, Shiny. Oh, shiny. And you just just a one-liner. And genuinely, it can be a one-liner from a client. Oh, I've got a problem with... And you're like, what have they got a problem with? That, that's it. Hang on, what have they... Hang on, let me go and check. And you're instantly taken out of your flow. And so I think when you do set aside those times, turn off those distractions, get the phone on silent, make sure you you set aside um, just just the focus time, I think. Because aside from my discipline, I need to not be distracted as well.
3: As, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because um, I, was, I, was, I took the dog for a walk, as I do every morning, uh, seven o'clock, and I was listening to a podcast about discipline. Um, so I, I feel like I might somewhat be ready to, to share. Um, there was a really cool story, um, and I, I can't recall the, guy, the guy's name, but it's really important coming to this pro- productivity. And it was talking about the concept that people only do things that have instant gratification as opposed to delayed gratification. So the the story was about a man that he took every Wednesday off to go to the beach with his family because he needed the instant gratification of the beach is there and I get to have fun today as opposed to I'm going to continue working my socks off and the delayed gratification being I'm going to own that beach one day. Hmm. And as I started to apply it, um, once the podcast had finished to stuff that I do, I got exactly what you were just talking about, Scott. I, would focus on things that gave me immediate results or immediate feeling of I've achieved something. And all of that stuff that gives me delayed feeling, but it's the right stuff really to be working on. <laughs> Actually, I'm kind of putting to one side. It made me start thinking about MSP owners and how they get involved in tickets. And there must be a correlation there in terms of the immediate gratification they get, as opposed to right, let's work on the issue as to why I'm having to work tickets which is to the delayed gratification, right? So I, I've started really um, since seven o'clock this morning thinking about that as hard as I can. Um, but also every morning I do make a note of the top three things I have to do in the day. And I have a golden rule that says, if it's not in my diary, if there's something not there, I'm free. So my diary should be blocked pretty much nine till six, nine till seven, whenever I'm working. And if there's nothing there, that's wasted airtime that I'd find myself on LinkedIn or Amazon buying the latest thing that Pete's spoken about this week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> buying buy and selling
2: Land wow. in the metaverse. Uh, but I like I like what Ismail's saying in chat there. He's saying he works 90 days every day from 6 a.m. to work on the business. Hmm. And then when he's actually in the office, he can then dig into the weeds. And, and and that is, yeah, you're quite right. That's when the distractions happen, when the team needs you, when they've got issues that they need to escalate. Um, but he's setting aside that time to work on the business. I like that. I think I I have a bit of focus time myself every morning at 5 a.m. between 5 and 6, but that's more of a mindfulness time. That's my kind of mental preparation. You don't have to be anyone's dad or husband or or, or business owner or any of those things. You just get your own mindfulness time, and that helps kind of set me up for the day. That is one of the biggest things I do, to be able to walk straight into the office and just be freshly ready to go, which I think is really important as well.
1: I'm a massive, massive fan of the 90 minutes. Um, I think someone, I can't remember where it came from, that... The biggest thing, or the most important things in your business, are getting new customers and uh, keeping existing customers. So if you're not spending time every single day on doing that, then your business isn't really going to get any further than where it is today. So you should be spending, yeah, an hour, ninety minutes on the business every single day, not in the business. And actually, right to the early stages when it was just like me myself, you don't have time to spend time on the business because you're currently you know working in it, you're doing customers and all this kind of stuff. But yeah, if you can come in and do 90 minutes before you officially open the doors and open the kind of phone gates, you can do so much stuff with that. We I I wrote a whole new website. Cause I was like, we we need a new website. Ours is awful. It made us represented us really badly. 90 minutes for a few weeks gives you a massive amount of time. We had we had a whole website written within a few weeks, in time that I would have otherwise wasted on either working in the business or just you know, poncing around at home doing like nothing. So you can do a huge amount with that time. And I think even as you grow, I, I kept that 90 minutes um, going strong. It will be the case of turning up to work an hour earlier or actually some of my 90 minutes I did in the evening because I'm more productive in the evenings, more awake in the evenings. Um, but you can literally shut off everything. Turn your phone off exactly like you are saying, Scott. Turn your phone off, turn your email off, mute everything, close down social media, and then you just have a, like a list in front of you saying what am I allowed to work on in these 90 minutes? And if that focus is on getting new customers or keeping existing customers, then you crack on with that stuff. If it's nothing to do with that, then you don't do it. Close the door, put a sign on your door and say, don't interrupt me unless like the building's burning down or you know, some some disaster's happening. But just take that time to focus because you, you don't get the time to focus when you're a small MSP. You've got distractions all over the place. You've got clients phoning in. You've got staff demanding things from you. You just don't get the chance. So if you can get that 90 minutes, and it doesn't have to be 90 minutes, Half an hour is better than nothing, but yeah, an hour, ninety minutes—if you can do, you can do a huge amount of stuff. Uh, you know, uh, well, I think, I think if you do uh, a week, if you do a weeks worth of ninety minutes, that works up to one working day hmm. of time that you can spend each week doing something to build your business. So Yeah, which is amount. a great
3: point, Pete. Right, in terms of, I hear so many times I don't have enough time. <laughs> we all have twenty-four hours. Every, everyone has the same it's just how you use it right so so just it how up. little you have to sleep <laughs> well that, that
1: is true that is true but i think one just just on on that matter and the like time blocking side of things i know so many people um quite a few of my clients come to me and they're like I, I work all hours of the day i'm working right up into the evenings it's like midnight it's one o'clock in the morning i go to bed i wake up at six and i do the whole thing over and over again it's the same thing every single day and it's so easy to fall into that trap because I fell into that trap when I first started. The more I work, the more money I make. The more I work, the bigger the business is going to grow. The more staff will have, more clients. And it's a real difficult thing to not obsess over doing that, but actually realizing you get, if you can like do these productivity things, time blocking, the 90 minutes, you can still be just as successful, but you can reclaim some of your kind of actual personal life back, your mental health as well. That destroys your mental health after doing that for so long. So if you can just try those things out, because you'll find that if you actually do the time blocking, if you do the kind of 90 minutes thing every day, things won't really change. Well, things will change, but you won't be any worse off from losing that extra six hours you spend every single evening on the business. So it's just – just, but it's so difficult to try and convey that across or just explain. You kind of have to just try and force yourself to do it because you won't see the results or the differences until you actually just try it yourself. But it's such a difficult thing because, yeah, well, I'm going to spend another six hours because it's going to push me further forward because that feels like it would.
2: I think you've, you've highlighted something for me there that's really important around like MSP owners and the workload that they take on. Um, I've seen so many people, even in larger organizations who are MD and are spending like 12, 14, 16 hour days working on everything and trying to get into the weeds of everything and trying to get everything done. And it's because they haven't built out the trust level of delegation underneath them in, in the teams and the people that they have. I say underneath, I don't mean to put it in that kind of hierarchy, but <coughs> it's it's just that like, one of the most productive things that you can do as an MSP owner is get your time back so that you can focus on, on the goal of the business, right? Which, as you said, P, is, you is know, keep the customers, grow more customers, grow the whole business, look after the staff. That's the mission, right? But if you are so consumed by all the individual nif and bits and trivia... But you've got teams of people underneath and you can delegate to them. You can trust them. And that's one of the hardest things of a, of a, a business owner to do is to start to trust the people in your team, or it is for some people anyway, but... Just being able to hand off those tasks gives you the time back. And also it elevates them because they're in you know, a position of trust of things that you would normally do that they now need to do. And I just think there's so much time that you can get back there to focus. And it's, it's great for your mental health. Everybody sees you as a much better person because you're not ah constantly stressed, trying to do everything. And let's be honest, you can't do everything well. So you'll just do everything badly. And I think if you can trust your team and build up you know, those delegation of tasks, also it, it kind of reminded me, Jason, you you touched on something just around you know, how, how we work and, and, and why we work in a certain way. And it made me think that a lot of times we'll repetitively just keep doing the same thing rather than going, oh, look, this is taking two hours of my day, three hours of my day now. And as we get busier, it's taking four or five hours out of my day. Simple thing might be invoicing. Right. When you first start out, you're doing all the invoicing, and you do the finance system, and you do the control accounts, and blah, 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 blah. And at some point you go, geez, this is taking like a day of my time to do the invoicing. There has to be a better way. And that's where you just got to take that time off and just step back and go, is there a better way? Is there a tool? Is there a system? Is there an outsourcer? Is there a combination of both? You know, can, you know And we have like great automation in things like Zero um, and HubDoc, and then we have a bookkeeper. Okay, guess who's not doing accounts anymore? This guy. Now he's <laughs> focusing on the things he should be focusing on. But these are things that you all like. I, I, I'm still learning, right? It's two years into our business, so I'm still learning all these, you know, different things. But it's it's that time that you need back as the owner to focus on the goal of the business. That's that's you know the most productive thing that you can do.
1: I, I love. Maybe we can have a bit of a talk about the, like the automation tools and stuff because I, I love <laughs> automating things. Um, and, and you mentioned there like all the accounts and side of things. It's something I come up, come across quite often where we didn't really ever manually type things in, in, in our mm-hmm. the process we were using. We'd go to our quoting tool, so go, go through like the sales process. We'd quote something to a client, it would be using something like ConnectWise Sell, which ties in with the distributors. So we didn't really type anything in apart from a part code and then it pulled all the information in. That would then push it through to the PSA system, that would then push it through to invoicing, through to the invoice of the client. No point in that process... If we had to manually copy and paste any information or make any mistakes, it's just pushed it through. There's been no checking of anything because we know it's all right from the the, the get-go. And it just saves so much time, whereas I know a lot of people are sat there kind of going, well, we have all these these issues that get caused because we copy data from here, we put it into that system, then we put it over there. There are systems like Zapier, which you mentioned, that can do, well, if this happens in this system over here, then I want you to do this with this other system over here. I, I still use that today. It is one of the most valuable things that I, I have because you can do so much stuff with it that you just couldn't do otherwise. You have to do it manually. So I'd love to know... Actually, Nigel, I'd love to know a bit more about your automation because I know you had a lot of manual steps in the early days of the tech tribe I think if I recall correctly when, when you- we
0: started the tech tribe it might have looked pretty on the surface but under the surface we were like the proverbial duck that was scrambling for its life with uh and there goes my camera again but ignore that if you're you're watching this thing but, uh, but but we had manual processes for nearly everything under the scenes and the whole the whole goal was just to launch the business quickly and then just deal with all the process later on and over the next resulting year or two we then had to go through and automate all of those manual processes that we had behind the scenes and and we use things like zapier we just had to upgrade our zapier account again because we're doing something like 25,000 zap pings oh there you go the camera's back 25,000 zap pings per month at the moment inside the tech tribe and um, and we've got 45 or 50 automations inside active campaign looks my my camera's paused at the moment so you guys that are watching can ignore that great um, well, success <laughs> didn't yeah it's always good when you upgrade technology and it gives you a downgrade <laughs> Um, and, uh, and so we just went through that process. We started off with just, just manual tasks everywhere throughout the business. And then as we went, we automated things left, right, and center. And we've now got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of automated tasks from zaps to active campaign automations, to things that were built out ourselves in PHP code everywhere in the system. And the same happened in our MSP like you. We went through the process of originally quoting things via Excel and Word documents and everything until we eventually put in a proper quoting system and then built that flow the whole way from the the distributor all the way through to our accounting system and had cost of goods lining up and inventory and everything all the way through our PSA. And that automated a crap load of stuff in there. And it's one of those things that a lot of people look at a process like that and go, oh, man, that is hard. And yes, it was hard for a short period of time. But the outcome of that is that we then, once we got through that hard period of, of getting all the systems tweaking and finding all the bugs in the process and whatever, we then had an automated system. So we never had to do it again. And it paid for itself tenfold over the next few years of, of knowing that data integrity was correct and, and that we we didn't have to we could focus on high level tasks in our business. And so we we go very deep in automation, but um we always start a process off just to learn the process manually and just. Get humans involved in it, throw some humans at it, tweak the process, get it fine tuned, and then automate the crap out of it as much as we possibly can. We're just again going and doing another big behind the scenes automation process in the tech tribe at the moment. That's going to cost me probably 30 to 50 grand to go and do it. But again, it's going to save over the long run probably another couple of hundred grand each year in in downtime and and bad back end processes and whatnot just to be able to do it. So I'm all for automation. I I get giddy when I talk about it as well.
1: (laughs) Scott, I know we had that. Oh, cool. Uh, are there any really cool automation kind of tools within like Azure 365 that you've come across or are using?
2: Oh, there's absolutely tons. Um, there's there's none that we use personally, but there are tons that we use for clients. And it can be simple things like, um, you know, people running their web farms. And if you need to auto scale up that web farm because you're getting a busy period, it's you know the holiday season and more people are coming shopping to your website. Cool. You can auto scale up and then you can auto scale back down again at the right time. Where again, this is if you've deployed the infrastructure properly and you're using some nice infrastructure as code pieces that thing just smoothly goes up comes back down again you set the metrics that you want to have like your um, you know your overhead level and you know your throttling level and it just goes up and down and yeah you know what you just pay a nice little bill at the end of the month but no one is scrambling right and i take that back to years ago where we used to run you know websites for the national newspapers or for people like um, not Ticketmaster, but Ticketmaster-type organizations, um, where you know the new Take That tickets are on sale. And so we know it's going to be absolute chaos that week as everyone tries to get on the site, like when you're trying to get the Glastonbury tickets, right? Um, and, and that would all be manual effort and heartache and, and headache and trying to get more servers in racks and get them all ready to go. And today, that process is just a real nice, seamless, you know, go up, go down. But you get the simple version of that inside Office 365 as well. You can you know, put a form out, like a, like a Google form. You just put out a Microsoft form, ask people a load of questions. You can then automate the collection of those, pop them into a spreadsheet, a database. You can then share the results with different people, and that whole process is automated. So that, that pops into my head every time um, they send out the school dinner preferences from our school. Um, And they print out like four sheets of paper, one for every week or one for every week of the six weeks in that term. And they go, tick the different colors of write your child's name at the top. And I'm just thinking, someone in the office has got 300 lots of six pages and then they're going to sit there and manually put little crosses in a spreadsheet against (laughs) each one of them. And I'm like, dude, just put it in a form. That'll fill in the spreadsheet for you and send it to the chef. Ta-da! Like, no effort on your part. Uh, so there's, there's tons of stuff like that they could do, but you know, when you don't want to get involved in your own schools, it for your children, <laughs> that that's, that's never going to go away. Is it? <laughs> can they I flip, listen to you
1: anyway? would they? Can,
0: can, <laughs> no, I, no. <laughs> can I flip the conversation a little bit now across from tools, across the mindset a little bit in productivity, because tools are awesome and I love using tools and, and my camera has gone off again. Every time I talk, <laughs> maybe I should stop talking. Uh, but but I think a lot of this stuff also stems from having the right mindset as we go into this stuff and approaching yeah. things from a mindset first perspective, and um, and what I mean by that is like we had that conversation briefly before around focus and how to how to focus on the the short like the tasks that we know are not going to give us that that reward of the the feeling good in it and. And as we all, most of us have probably heard the term dopamine and and the different types of receptors that we've got in our brains that we get very addicted to dopamine releases when we we have these little short-term things like Facebook, the whole notion of these social media things is built off our dopamine addiction to these things. What I've personally found over the last probably four or five years is that the more I interact with things like social media and things that give me these really quick dopamine things, the shorter my attention span and the shorter my focus. And the more I detract myself out of those tools and and just use them very intentionally in only very specific time periods and in very specific ways, the longer my attention span becomes. And so I don't know about you guys, if you guys have got any, any, um, mindset hack tips or, or things in here that you've, that you use that are not tool based, but a little bit more based around psychology and biology of of how we how we approach this productivity game. I, I, think
3: I love not, that not, point. Not, sorry, go on, go on, Pete.
1: A uh, very very quick one. Not not really. I, I think the main thing is just awareness, like you're saying no, there about social media tools. Just aware that you waste a lot of time. Not really a mindset kind of thing, but I, I've gone through a process where I've started uninstalling the tools, yeah, you know, uninstalling the social media apps, uh, and actually without having the topic about tools um there's a an app that i use called beeper that allows me to collect all of the chats together in one app ah, right so i don't have to actually open the social media app to awesome. check the chat and then get distracted by everything else as well <laughs> that's been a huge huge kind of bonus to me so i literally have linkedin twitter instagram facebook like messaging i everything comes into this one chat app and all i get is the chats and nothing else so i can still chat to people but not get distracted sorry jason
3: so, no, sorry. I was just going to say, I um, Apple released. I'm not sure when it was. This screen time notification. Yeah. Um, when I saw the first stat on social media, <laughs> it took me all of about ten minutes to delete all my accounts. Um, <laughs> I, and and that's just because I noticed my personality is very addictive. Yeah. So if I if I do it, I'm going to keep doing it time and time again. So I, I I'm aware it doesn't work for everyone, but I deleted everything apart from LinkedIn. I, I then found some mental clarity, which has actually helped me in other areas and and improved me as a, a person. I would say, but the second thing I do, which I I know that um, I know that Nigel is a fan. I'm not sure about you, other two. Um, I, I meditate every evening, and it's almost like I'm plugging myself in on charge, the reset button, nearly a reset button. So the next day, I come fresh. I I sometimes felt prior to meditating that I would wake up a bit foggy and I, the the thoughts from yesterday were lingering or the, they, they just waiting to be triggered again. And so meditating for me kind of hit that reset and that, that almost charge up, which meant the next morning I gave, I found I gave even more. I'm not a morning person. So I, I needed to get or gain something there to be able to keep up and be able to do things like this. Um, so I, I noticed that and I started meditating. I've realized I drop off at lunchtime. I'm so inefficient at lunchtime. It's it's unbelievable. And then I come back again in, in late afternoon and I'm at the best I am during the day, which is usually when I then take myself out of the work environment and focus on one of the really heavy tasks like processes or whatever it is. Um, so meditating for me, I think, is just a huge one that that is a bit frowned upon still by a lot of people, I think, but... It's so, so annoying really for some
1: people. Yeah.
3: How would you get started?
1: If someone's interested in getting started in meditating, what, what would you do? What's your first steps?
3: So I've I done, done the really geeky thing of I just opened YouTube and searched how to meditate because I had this idea that I sit here and I pull the pose <laughs> and, and I didn't really quite grasp what I needed to do. Um, so I Googled how to meditate and the first – uh, I think decent video that came up was "Meditating for Beginners, Ten Minutes." I, I put in the ear pods and the first thing it told me was get comfortable, but not in the position you sleep in. That's really mm-hmm. important. You don't want to fall asleep. And I slide, I just I fell away into it. it. You know, it does all the rest from that point onwards. The key thing I noticed was I don't get the same result every single time. Sometimes I just can't get into the zone, but it released. I don't know whether it's toxins or what it was. The first um, one I ever listened to, and and this was a story I was sharing uh, with someone the other day, the first meditation video I ever listened to asked you to think about something that day that you really appreciated. And I'd taken my nan out that day and not really thought much of it. And it really got me thinking about it and it caused me to start crying, but I was happy. And at that moment I realized, wow, this is having a really good release and, um sort of pressure off the brain i came out of it and i was ready to go so uh, i just youtubed it but i i'm a big fan of headspace as well um if um, if anyone uses that yeah I, i'm a big fan of it because they've they, you get the variety and you get to switch it up every sort of day or week um, and what, what do you not use nigel i know you're a fan of so i i, I am up to
0: um i reckon i'm 2,500 days in a row now of daily meditation. I, I stopped counting it at like 500, but it's I think it's about 2,500 or 2,000 or something days in a row without skipping a beat. And it has completely changed my world, my life, my everything. And you mentioned before, Pete, around having that awareness around things. One of the things that meditation has given for me is an ultra deep awareness in my world all day, every day that I never had before, because I can now spot the, the milliseconds and the micro moments throughout my whole life. And I, and I live in this, those micro moments rather than days, weeks and months disappearing without me knowing what happened in them. And when I first started in the, in the, the whole meditation game, again, it was for me, I looked at it and I went, oh, what is this woo-woo crap? Um, but I started and my, I had a, um, a coach at the time that was kind of pushing my hand into it. And I, I started, uh, with guided meditations like you did, Jason, that were, were uh, one of my favorite ones was by a guy called Vishen Lakiani, who runs a company called mind Valley. And it's called the six phase guided meditation. It's a 20 minute meditation that you can find on YouTube. And it goes through that gratitude and all sorts of different things and intention setting. And I really love that one. I did that for a long time, but then I got to the point where I just wanted. to, space and silence and stillness. And so I stopped everything. And for the last probably thousand days or 1500 days, it, for me, my meditation practice is just stillness and silence and that's it. And sometimes it's in the morning. Sometimes it's at night. Sometimes it's sitting on a plane with a screaming kid on my lap, whatever it happens to be. I I just have that, that minimum of a 10 minute um, session every day in there. And I think that app that you mentioned, Jason, that um, Headspace app is a great way to start with, with that mindfulness um, and the the, sorry, the um, the guided meditation in there. And there's another one called Calm.com as well, which is another great mm-hmm. starter in there. But for me, it just Absolutely. slowed my brain down to think. And I, I, I come out of a meditation session. You mentioned, Jason, you kind of get that feeling that some chemical stuff is going on. I visualize the way I come out of a meditation session now as if my brain's having like a, a, a dive in the ocean and, and coming out refreshed and and as it's better than a sleep for me. And um and it completely changes my world and sets my intentions for the day and everything. And I'm I'm a big proponent of it. I know Richard Tubb is as well, who's not with us today. He's um he's had some half of his teeth pulled out or some sort of it's not it's not exactly that, but he's had some some dental surgery that um he's got to recover from at the moment. But he's uh he's a, a big proponent of meditation as well, and it's changed his world as well. So it, there you go. What's that on your screen? That's that is that a, a hat. I'm. I'm gonna give it a go. I've just downloaded it. Is I'm that the uh, is that the um next week Headspace <laughs> app? Is it? Yeah. Right. Okay. Awesome.
3: Well, uh, just uh, a, a tip uh, if it peaks. I know you're you're similar to myself. You love the gym, so my other coping mechanism I would call it meditation isn't necessarily coping. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm obsessed with the gym. I have to go, otherwise I feel like I've failed that day. Um, and when I do it, I have to go so extreme and and. I, I want to be the best and, and all of that <laughs> that silly stuff, which is, is ridiculous. Um, I I contrast the meditating after the gym. So I, I happen to go to the gym in the evenings um, in between mm. my working. And then a couple of hours after I'll meditate. And for some reason for me, that contrast of the endorphins to mm. then a lull means I get even more out of it. I'm not sure if that will help you the same. It just okay. seemed to be how I, it seemed to be like a polar opposites that really worked well for me.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I'm going to try. I started doing the uh, gyms in the evenings and then I've now stopped because I'm doing, I basically booked on something that's taken up my evenings for the next like another two weeks. Scott, you're on it as well with me. <laughs> um, and um, I'm going to try and go back in the mornings because I'm now finding out I don't wake up in the mornings. So I'm just like, oh, I've got until nine o'clock. It's fine. Even though I've got kids and they're running around the house causing all sorts of mayhem. So I really need to uh, get, yeah, get back up in the mornings again now. But I'll, I'll give it a try. I'm, I'm going to give that, that meditation a try every day until our next um, call. Just, just start simple
0: there's no like the, the thing is often we're looking for some quick fix thing that is going to try and give us and for mm-hmm. me the the shifts that it gave to me were very subtle initially and it took me probably 40 to 50 days to start to notice those changes in myself and so mm-hmm. that was hard i was just lucky i had a coach who held me accountable to push me through that first 40 or 50 days and then i started mm-hmm. to see those shifts and i was really just seeing that i was far more in, intentional and aware when situations confronted me. So something would pop up in my world and instead of me just snap subconsciously reacting to it, I then had that extra two milliseconds to to, to stop and make conscious decision about what I was going to do there. And that my meditation practice has really helped refine that reactionary approach to my living versus that whole subconscious living approach to my living out there. And, um, and that, that can be a very subtle shift that you don't notice on the surface and you'll be going, what the heck am I sitting here trying to look like Buddha for? Um, and then, then you kind of spot it and you go, hang on, I am changing things here. And I've got this ultra awareness around them now that I never used to have before. And it's changing the way I make decisions. It's changing the way I approach relationships and it's changing the way I approach everything. So I reckon we can do an entire topic on that one. It's, it's one of the changed my world a hell of a lot. And, um, and it's very simple. It's one of those very simple things. It's different for each person. It's something you can't try and, um, you're not going. There's no test to to prove that you're doing it right. There is no right or wrong. It's just taking that stillness and that space and that silence to, to have that time for yourself and to to reflect and to become more aware of the, the world that you're living in. I'm
2: going to think there's so much pressure. Cool. I was I was going to say I think there's so much pressure from, um, especially from social media to mm. be in the terms of Gary Vaynerchuk, crushing it. Jab <laughs> jab jab. Right hook. You've got to, You've got to go. You've got to, Yeah. You're gonna have a side hustle, you're gonna have a front hustle, yeah. a back hustle, you've gotta gotta go, gotta go, got to go. And there's so much pressure, I think, on, yeah. on you know, again, social media is a great glimpse of people either in their most successful moments or in the imagery that they want you to see. Because everything is staged, everything is positioned so that it looks perfect. Here's me getting on a G5. I can't remember which <laughs> rapper that happened to. Here's me getting on a G5, and then there's a guy on like a passenger, like a regular passenger. I go, dude, you're sat right next to me. Uh, um, <laughs> not on a G5. And I'm like, but there's there's so much of that um, showcasing that happens that you can feel pressurized into yeah. living up to those same expectations. Harris denied it. I, I, yeah 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 and and I don't think you should ever judge yourself by someone else's journey you can only judge yourself by your own journey and you know for you are you doing better than you did yesterday are you are you on the path that you want to be on don't keep looking at where other people are oh they've got a better business they've got a better this get inspired by people absolutely but don't judge yourself by those metrics because most of the stuff that you see is is fake you know you put the stuff on linkedin because it's the most successful thing that's happened You're not putting on all the graft that it took to get there. When we see people at the Olympics winning the gold medal, you see the 10-second sprint from Usain Bolt. What you don't see is the four years Mm. on the treadmill, in the gym, throwing up every day, eating, drinking, everything he needs to do to get to that 10 seconds. You just see the 10 seconds. And I think so many times we can just see what's in the social media, the LinkedIn, all those things. And as, again, you know, as business operators, you look at that and go, oh, man, where are we going wrong? What do we need to do differently? How many more hours do I need to put in? And, and I would just, like, you know, we've talked about here with meditation. I'm not at the meditation stage yet, but I would genuinely love to give this app a try, actually. Um, I do find that this is my 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. Like I say, I'm not anyone's dad or husband or, or business owner. It's just me. And it's my moment of silence where it's my moment of investment or reading something, just taking that time. And, and most of the time, I won't have anything on. I don't want anything in my ears. I don't want anything on the TV. I'm not watching comedy shows or YouTube channels or Netflix. I'm just sitting. It's just me in the lounge. It sounds really sad, but it's just that's me marvelous. in the lounge. That's simply and I'm just, just being mindful. Just chilling because no one else is up yet. At 6 o'clock. The kids are, ah, they're crazy and they're running around the place. But from 5 till 6, that's my time. From 6 till 7, that's kind of my gym and workout time. And then, you know, let the day begin. But that's just how I start my day every day. I don't care if it's Saturday or Sunday. I'm up at five because I need my margin. I'd simply put it like that. as margin. If people are thinking meditation is a step too far for them, just get your margins in. Definitely get your margins in because just the clarity that it gives you is so much. But I, I think I've done that for so long now that I'm I'm ready to try meditation. I'm ready for, um, although I know it's not that, but I'm, I'm going to give it a go too. I like this one thing i was going to ask has anyone
1: tried like manual Ugh, paper like weird things um rather than, like, like journaling habits. so like journaling so i've i bought this recently like literally a few days ago it's the Rote runner and it's um it's like this look kind of six month planner kind of thing but it allows you to have like your daily habit trackers your sleep trackers and it has just like reminders in here to jot down like, positive things that have happened each day so you can kind of look back and go oh actually yeah, i've made some progress or i've made some memories and I'm, I'm literally only like for the first week or second day into it because I started it yesterday. But, um, yeah, interested to know if anyone else is doing like manual, ye oldie manual paper journaling yes.
0: stuff. That daily meditation practice, I for the exact same amount of time, 2,500 days or whatever it is, I've also journaled every single day. Every single day. And it started off with 20 of these, 20 books like this, and I've got them all on my shelf. You, if you're watching the video, if you're on the podcast, you won't see, but they're just handwritten notes. I handwrite every single day with a pen. Uh, nowadays, I've got one of those remarkable tablets, but it's still the exact same um, same process of writing, and it feels the exact same as if it's with a pen. And for me, it's it's again one of those those um, things to, to to handle mental health and productivity and and everything. It's. I write every single day without fail, again, 2,500 days in a row. And for me, it's stream of consciousness. So I literally pick up the pen and my rule to myself is I just have to start writing. I can't think about what I want to write. I just write. And often I'll just start off with something like um, Saturday morning, sitting in the sun, awesome weather, and just to get the ball rolling, like the pen rolling. And then I start talking about perhaps challenges that I've got going on or what my next week is going to look like or whatever. And for me personally, the act of writing my challenges, problems, opportunities, all that sort of stuff down slows my thought process down and allows me to think through those process, those ideas and thoughts and everything far slower than what I would think through them if they were bouncing around up in my head with all the other craziness that's going on up in there. And I have solved nearly every major business challenge I've had over the last five to six years via journaling more than anything else. If I let it bounce around in my head and try and solve it in there, it's it's likely to come up with a crappy answer to it, but now I know if I, if I start journaling about it and I slow my thought process down and I get it out on paper and I'm intentional about it, I will come up with awesome answers in there and I'll come up with things that i have It's funny, sometimes I'll sit there and I'll write something out and I'll just stop for a moment. I go, holy crap, like there is no chance I would have ever come up with that if I was just trying to solve that problem in my head, but by solving it out on a piece of paper... It just changed my entire perspective. So I'm I am as bullish on writing stuff down in journals as I am on, on the meditation practice. Nowadays, I started off, Pete, like um, what you've got there with that journal that kind of prompts you with things and gives you the placeholders yeah. for like writing three bits of gratitude for the day and, and stuff like that. And they worked incredibly well to get me started. But again, then I got to the point where now it's just free form. Now I just write. I write for two pages every single day at a minimum. And um and that's my, my word. I've been doing that again for 2,500 days. And it's not in the early stages, it was hard. I had to push through. And again, my coach that I was working with at the time kind of was pushing me and I wasn't seeing any benefit. And then I saw the benefit out of it. And I nowadays, the benefit is beyond anything I've ever seen in my life, the benefit I get out of those two habits. Um, but again, it was kind of very subtle to start off with. But um, oh, there was one other thing I was going to mention in there and it slipped my head. When it comes back, I'll let you know. <laughs> but i'm all for it if it's one of those things that it's worth trying i believe most people should try it out it might not work for you you might find that something else works for you but for me personally it works incredibly well for me to just get that stuff out of my crazy brain that's going a million miles an hour with a trillion things popping around up in it every day yeah i think that's that's the I thing think... i was looking for because
1: the, the part of this is like it actually sets your, your calendar out as well and i've, I've got that i've got it into my find like fantastical i use for that and to do and that kind of stuff. So, this is more just trying to, right. yeah, just trying to look, look back and go, actually, I, I need to be appreciative of things that I've done and achieved, and where the family is, and what we're doing, and the holidays we're going on, and just just, you're just journaling, like you say. So, I think you're probably quite right. I'll get started with this kind of thing, get into the habit. I think this is trying to get me into the habit of it, and then I'll probably just go off and hopefully it turns into just the daily thing that I, I get to do now. And yeah, it's interesting to see where it goes.
0: It's one of those things that, for me, I was saying this to someone the other day. Yeah, When I first started journaling and meditation and, and my workouts and all these habits that I've got in place, the initial stages of them were hard, like really hard. There was so much resistance to going and doing it and whatnot. Nowadays, my journaling, my meditation, my workout habits are as easy to me as cleaning my teeth, if not easier to me it's cleaning my teeth because they've become a part of me over that period of time. And there is zero resistance to any of them. Now I don't ever think, Oh, I've got a journal today, or I've got to meditate today or whatever. They're now a part of me, just like cleaning, a te- cleaning my teeth every day is a part of me. And that, that happens to things that you, you, you make a habit out of, you just got to make sure that, um, you keep that awareness up to make sure that you're getting the benefits out of those habits as well over the long term, and tweaking them up and fine tuning them and, and working out the parts that works for you and the parts that don't work for you as well, but pushing through and and finding the ones that do work for you and making it a, a habit that's part of your psyche is such a powerful thing. Can I ask you a uh, question, just,
3: oh, go Yeah, go. Um, all of this in my, um, I was thinking so much as you were talking and, and, you do a lot of things that are productivity and mindset related um, that I think are great. I assume this all loops back around to how you fuel your body somewhat. And am I correct in thinking you have a certain diet you follow that gives oh, yes. you the energy you mm-hmm. need? Yes. It starts with
0: biology, right? Like our whole productivity, mindset, and everything to me starts with biology. And the biology starts with nutrition. And and so to me, I'm, I would like. Out of all of my habits and everything, my nutrition is the worst, but I still, am, I still do have a pretty good diet and, and health regime, and I do intermittent fasting every single day, and I track my bloods like a geek would track um, track <laughs> server patch upgrades or whatever. I've got a crazy spreadsheet and some different tools that I use to track all my blood work very regularly, and, um, and I have a big supplement re- regime that I use, and I monitor to make sure that those supplements are actually doing things to my blood work out there as well. Um, and nutrition is a big, big, big part of it. I like Scott, you were saying, um, before, or what are you guys were saying before that you get to that lunchtime period of your day and you're going, Oh, like energy levels are down through the floor. And that was my life for many years. I'd wake up in the morning. I'd feel like crap. I'd be in this brain fog from hell. And, um, I'd, I'd manage to have some caffeine and like big coffees and I'd get, to get through nine o'clock to kind of 1130. And then I was back in that slump for the last seven, eight, nine years. I wake up in the morning and maybe i I take five, 10 minutes to wake up, but then I am on an energized and completely form of energy without an energy slump until 11 o'clock at night, every single day without fail. I, I do not have energy slumps at all anymore. And that's a combination of things like workout and purpose and meditation and nutrition and eating. And I, I'm very, very, very strict on how and when I eat and, um, except for ice cream sometimes. Like ice cream is my my horrible vice. I, can, I have not figured out how to get that one out of my diet yet because I love it so darn much. Um, that and stinky cheese. But um, but for the for the whole, I would say I'm probably 80% good in, in my nutrition in there. And that is is one of the founding things for me. Like it's, you don't feed a racehorse um, hot dogs and, and Big Mac if you want it to perform well in a race, right? Like if, if you're feeding it the ultra high premium diet out there. And the same thing goes for our bodies. Um, Pete, you were talking- so um,
1: to, to that question. Same same with the meditation. How would you get started with trying to find a diet that works for you and, and fuels you? Because I live off of hot dogs and chips and burgers and <laughs> steaks, and I'm, I'm very much a meat and chocolate kind of guy. So I know my
0: diet is not very good. Yeah. How would I go about fixing it? Well, good question. Um, I started that journey about 18 years ago, and um, and I've kind of been on it ever since. Um, for me, like some of the things that worked for me was was learning some of the there's a couple of good books out there called um like lifespan and um uh you might have heard of Dave dave asprey and the 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 superhuman book that he's got out there but some of these books that teach you all about how important our nutrition is to us kind of got me started on there. And there's some older books like that that got me started on the journey of really understanding that nutrition plays such a powerful part in not only our productivity but also in um in our longevity and for me my one of my goals is to live until i'm at least 130 and i, I fully firmly believe that i will get to at least 130 out there by and that's science back that I've, i'm going down that route and and most of that is going to be determined by the nutrition that I, I eat over the next five to ten or the next 30 to 50 years in there uh, but to get started you gotta it's it's baby steps, right? I, like you, you can't just go, all right, I'm just going to change my, my entire diet. Over, or, I'm going to subscribe to the new keto diet or the new fad, or I'm going to start intermittent fasting tomorrow and swap everything. Because to me, whenever I swapped anything drastically, it always, I always flipped straight back into bad habits pretty quickly. So I, maybe eight to 10 years ago, I started to realize that the more I just change things one little step at a time and ingrain that little step into my habit, the easier it is to become. And so one of my first steps was giving up caffeine and coffee. That was 18 years ago now. And I gave up caffeine and coffee and that had an impact to me. And then I gave up when I realized that glutens were, were causing problems with my skin and all sorts of stuff um, and, and allergies, I gave them up uh, maybe six months later. And I just went through this continual iterative process that I'm still on and I'm still learning about of just making small incremental changes and just being aware and intentional around my nutrition and, and what affects me. And nowadays we've got all this amazing tech. Like I, I wear an aura ring. Um, it's mm-hmm. one of those, those cool little rings that teach you things about your, your biology when you're sleeping at night, like your, your heart rate variability and stuff like that. And I now know exactly, like I can, I can now guess what my scores are going to be in the morning based on what I ate the night before, whether I had a sauna the night before, whether I've done intermittent fasting the day before and, and how my stress levels were through the day. And I can gauge how good my sleep scores are going to be based on those things there. And you can start to, you then start to get this whole intuitive um, feel to your approach to things. And you, you then go, okay, I'm, I'm, I now, like my body knows what, and I'm like, I'm kind of very in tune with what my body needs and and what it's going through. And that, that's just, because of that iterative approach to the whole thing and just taking things slowly and taking one step at a time and trying things. And I'm a science kind of guy. I like to see data behind these things as well. So I, um, most people think I'm mad, but typically every three months, I'll go and get a $500 blood panel workup and they'll go and take like six big vials of blood out of me. And then within two days, I have these 55 different results of, of all different things, inflammation markers and creatine things and um, all my typical cholesterols and, and reds and whites and all of that stuff. And then I go and track that in these online um, tools that I use called Inside Tracker and and Ice Cream Medical, as well as my own spreadsheet. And I watch for the trends in there to make sure that my trends are are on on par. And so I look for – and then I'll go, all right, this one here is not where I want it to be. That's the next marker that I'm going to work on. At the moment, it's a cholesterol marker that I'm working on. And I'm I'm watching it every three months. I'm watching it. I'm seeing the trends go down. And I've worked on my vitamin Ds and, and inflammation markers and all of these ones over time just for, for, for the goal of living a longer, healthier, happier life out there. And it, it, sometimes you can get a little bit like it's a, a rabbit hole that you can go pretty darn deep in. And I, yeah. I kind of geek out on it as well. Some people geek out on playing games at, after work. I geek out on this kind of stuff. It excites the crap out of me. Um, but it also it, it also is good for like if I want to live long and have a healthy life and, and travel the world and get to 130, not only um, get to 130 but get to 130 healthily I kind of need to be a little bit on top of this stuff here, but um, you've got to balance it out with you've got to also live a life as you go and go through all of that as well and not go too deep down the rabbit hole because otherwise you spend your entire life just worrying about it. So you've got to find a bit of a balance in there. And for me, I think I've, I feel like I've got a pretty good balance where I am at the moment and, um, and enjoying it. So
3: there's the end of my uh, rant. <laughs> didn't, didn't, uh, there was a famous Warren Buffett video where he said to someone, I'm going to give you a car. But now I'm going to tell you, you've got to keep this calf the rest of your life. You can never change it. What are you going to do? And the person said, I'm going to keep it immaculate because it's going to last the rest of my life. And yep. he said, well, why do you not do that with your body? That's that's the bit that fuels everything, right? I, I think we, we spoke about this uh, a little while ago now, Nigel. Um, I, I'm very similar. I, I've lost it in the last three months and I need to hold myself to account at some point. But I track every single calorie that I intake like, yeah. in, in my fitness pal. I do it for different reasons in terms of I, I'm trying to put on as much muscle as possible. And that's just how I, I, I think I suffer from something called bigger morphia, which is the idea that you are you need to put on more muscle every day. Um, and I, I also, so there's a company in the UK called Medichecks. They do a wellness package for men. It's I think it's like 129 pounds. Um, and you get to do all your blood works, and they tell you what your testosterone looks like, what your vitamin levels look like, what your livers look like. I immediately realized and discovered that some of these multivitamins I was taking were doing me quite a bit of damage mm. just from doing blood work. This thing that we all kind of think innately, oh, that's good, let's take a multivitamin, yeah, was doing me damage. The yeah. It was doing damage, and I only saw that because I do blood work. I now do it typically once a year twice a year similar um to you guys yeah, when yeah. i look through all the results um and it's really interesting seeing the spikes and declines yeah. of specifically testosterone in men yes um is yeah. the is the big one there is there's an exact correlation in terms of as you get older and your testosterone drops you get more tired you get less productive etc yeah. um and there's a huge illegal section there i could go into <laughs> but um, but that's a really interesting one to monitor as well, because you know, just like uh, a lot of athletes that do things like testosterone replacement, etc., it puts them at the top of their game. This stuff does work. Mm. Uh, it's just monitoring your own and making sure you keep a healthy balance with yourself. Yeah,
0: yeah, and that's that's one of the things I've found as well is that. Um, the typical GPs and everything out here, like our normal medical doctors that you go and see for your, your coughs and colds and whatever, they don't care about this stuff. And they don't care about you anywhere near as much as you care about yourself. And so nowadays, I, I, I take my own health into my own hands. And I use doctors and, and functional medicine doctors and all sorts of stuff to, to help me. But I take most of it in my own hands. And I, like you, Jason, I graph this stuff so that I can watch my trends. Because typically you'll go to a doctor for a workup and they'll look at it and go, oh yeah, everything's looking good. But they don't look at it in comparison to where you were three months ago or six months ago. And they don't look at it in comparison to, to the work that you've been doing in things and come up with a full picture in there. And so I tend to take a lot of that into my own hands just to keep it, my eyes on it to, to know that I'm the one that cares about myself the most. So I'm going to have the most um, the most need to go in and do that stuff. I saw um, uh, Mike in here mentioned ice cream medical um, it's, it's called, I, the one out here in Australia that I use for blood work is called I dash screen medical. And, um, and they do the blood work and they go through that whole, like you, Jason, they go through that, what they call the well man check. And, um, and it's a uh, six vials of blood or something that they take everybody time. And I hate the whole process of needles, I, needles I scare the crap out of me, but I, I still do it every three to four to five months and, um, and go through the process just to, just to keep on top of things, I want to like I love this universe and this world so damn much that I want to see so so damn much of it and to do that I need a bloody long lifetime to go and do it all in. So I've got to, I've got to do it if I want to do what I want to do. Um Mike's saying my excuse for weight gain is that I'm pre- preparing for a harsh winter. And I think Jason one of the things that you guys would see when you're doing your blood work over there is the seasonality and things like vitamin D levels over there. And vitamin Absolutely. D being one of those those very 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 critical important um, elements in our in our, our blood work is one that that you will notice and I, I notice that in our seasons out here so I supplement through winter out here and I keep my, my vitamin D out. vitamin D is one that I worked on in myself years ago because it was horrendously low and I, I do a lot of time in the sun I try to spend every day in the sun with no shirt no like just sitting out getting as much vitamin D in the early morning in the early night because if a pasty skin guy like me goes out in the middle of the day. I turn into a lobster, um, but I get that early morning sun and the the afternoon sun. And there's a lot of science around um, around the different UV rays that come out of it at those points in time, being very good for our things like not only vitamin D but lots of other stuff in there as well. I think really interesting.
1: interesting. Sorry, uh, I think it was a podcast I I've listened to recently. There's a really interesting study that um, most of the, the the vitamins you get here in the UK in like supermarkets. They're just stuff full of fillers to make them big yep. enough for you to like swallow. Whereas you go to a proper, like a proper store where they cost like three, four, five times the amount, they're actually good vitamins or vitamins, we call them over here in the UK. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and and just it's such a difficult again, trying to spend five, six times the amount on something that's you yeah. can get for like yeah, nothing in the supermarket, but you'll get completely different results. So there's, there's something I've been aware of more recently that I should be now be looking at these speciality yeah. specialty stores and online stores to buy this stuff from.
0: It's just like the, um, the, the, should I buy the cheap AV or the expensive AV for my clients? Right. It's the exact same thing. Like you get what you pay for in this stuff. And i found the exact same. And you, you, when you, when I'm say I found the exact same, I actually find it. when you see that the blood work results just don't show what you're expecting when you go and spend the money on the cheap stuff. And now you, you probably don't want to know how much I spend on on that. I was about money. to say that. amounts. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, it, it's in the many, 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 many hundreds. Um, probably close to a thousand bucks a month um, that I spend in in those sorts of things. And and probably in in each year I probably spend fifteen to twenty grand a year in my health. Um, but that's, that's minuscule compared to some of the other things that I spend on myself as well out there. And it's it's each to their own. You've got to start – like I started off in the basics. Like I started off with – when I started my MSP, I was 50 grand in debt, credit card debt, and had nothing. And so I had to start with what I had then, and that was just a, a human body to go and exercise with, and that was it. And I had to, to start from there. All, all this stuff that I've worked up to now has been over a 20-year period to get to where I am now. And, um, and I've had to – learn things horrible ways by trying different things and spending lots of money and realizing it doesn't work or they, I'm not seeing any results from it and um, trying other things that absolutely are working. So to me, it's a, a continual thing. We could probably have an, an entire podcast about human biology as well. And I'm by no means an expert. I'm just someone that likes to experiment and, and play and um, and hopefully gets things right. Because otherwise, one day you'll see me turn up to this podcast with growths out of my face or something because I've, I've got the... the the vitamins out of whack in there but
1: well I've definitely got a ton of ideas I'm going to be trying for our uh, for the next few weeks
0: the rabbit hole goes deep trust me it is it is such a horrible crazy rabbit hole that um you've got to pull yourself out from sometimes otherwise you will you will never find the outside of it um mm. there you go what are we for t- oh my goodness we're already hitting time <laughs> there you go it was um <laughs> Was there anything that the, the other thing that I wanted to mention, this is a productivity hack in here. That's a game changer for me is that I always plan out my day the day before. So I always set my three, five, seven tasks somewhere. There is typically maximum seven tasks the day before. And I write it, you know, in our teams to the rest of my team and my whole team does the exact same. We pick out what we're going to do, but we do it the day before We we write a little end of day wrap up for each of us. We just posted in our teams of what we did during the day and then what we're going to do tomorrow. And that's a game changer for me because when I get in in the morning, I don't have to make any decisions about what I have to do. I just bring up my list and I start work on it. And I don't have any resistance to it then because I know that I've got my list that I've prepared the day before uh, based on my goals and what I plan to knock out. And I I also do it on a weekly basis as well. Like what are my big tasks for this week to knock out, I plan them on a Friday to knock out that next week. And then daily I have that three, five, typically it's between five and seven tasks that i aim to knock out each day. And uh, if anyone's not doing that, it's worth giving it a crack to see if it, it works for you as well. It works incredibly well for me out there.
1: I have the same with, um, I guess, finishing off on tools. Like T- Todoist is my favorite, like, to-do app because yeah, you can awesome. literally it's like natural language, so I can just type in, do this on Tuesday, and you can even do, like, every two weeks or every Friday, and it will automatically appear in your to-do list every you know, every Friday or every two weeks. And I, I do that with my VA, my account side of things. So we just log into this to-do app, and I can just give something to my VA and just say, oh, I need this doing every two weeks. And it will just pop up on her to-do list every two weeks, and it just gets done. And I don't have to worry about like remembering things or scheduling things. It's just in there. And it only um, I, I kind of re- reflect this back to the way I used to deal with tickets. I only look at the stuff I need to care about that day. Mm. Don't care about context. anything. Stuff that's going to happen in future or past or over, you know, overdue. Yes, but you know, nothing that's in in the future. Um, worry about today's tasks. Focus on that. Tick them off. Move on to the next thing. That, that's all, all I care about. And overwhelm is is quite another challenge for a lot of people. You've got so much to do. What do you do? My take is I don't really care. Just do one. Just take mm. the first one off the list and do the rest. And um, yes, sometimes I will try and t- tackle like the bigger challenge first because I like to get that done and out of the way and then go to the other tasks. But at the end of the day, just as long as you're doing something, like just stop procrastinating. That's the main thing. You're wasting time
0: <laughs> by going, Oh, I don't know what to do. Just just do yeah. something. I one thing. Doesn't matter. Do it, move on. Overwhelm can be very debilitating. And procrastination is typically rooted in overwhelm out there. That's one of the main causes of procrastination. is just overwhelm, not knowing what the task is to move on to next. And I think we all struggle with it. And we always will at the varying levels in our in our journeys. And having little little hacks or whatever we like to call them in place to help know that when we're or be aware of when we are getting into that place and then as Pete said like it might just be picking your toughest task sometimes for me it's picking the easiest task just so I can knock something off that's going to take me 30 seconds to give me that momentum to then move into a five minute task and then knock that one off to give me the momentum to move into the the other tasks that I've been pushing off because they're tougher things that are not going to give me that quick dopamine hit and, um, and I start to ramp up the dopamine hits in a day to get myself to the bigger ones sometimes at the end of the day. And it's it's all about, the, the if we wrap up at this, it's all about testing, tweaking, and fine-tuning and figuring out what works for you. And knowing that you're going to continually improve, you're going to continually change. I don't think anyone in the world is ever going to find their own personal productivity system that they're going to stick with forever because we, we try new things and we learn new things. And we outgrow things and we evolve as humans and we 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 need our tools and technology and habits and, and things to evolve with us. Otherwise, we get bored and we we move away from them and we we stop using them and they pile up and whatnot. So, um, I'm going to end ranting now and pass it over to you, Pete. And you can <laughs> you can wrap this thing up if no one else has got anything else to to say in here.
1: Uh, I think just just very one brief one to finish on. I think Ismail had a very good um, question there in the chat. There, how can you help your employees to relax and have meditation in the business? Any thoughts well, on good that?
0: Question. Um one of the so so in my MSP I actually um had a few of my staff mirror that I was meditating after some time and they they took up their own meditation practices and um and so I I never sat down with my staff and said hey I think you should meditate and became the preachy kind of person I just um led by example and just showed that hey if if they can see the positive change in me then perhaps uh they might go and figure out coming up with their own meditation and practice and a few of them did um I think for me, it's just about having those intentional conversations if and when you can, but not from a preachy place, coming just doing it from when, when you've got opportunity. And I I remember one of our staff members, she was um struggling with a couple of different things and we sat down and we were going through it. And it was not until a, an hour or two into the conversation did I even bring up the, the subject of meditation and just said, hey, this is one of the things that's really been helping me. And we we kind of connected um, that I was having I'd been having similar symptoms to what she had in there. And um and because we went through that whole connection thing and I wasn't preaching or whatever she went out and tried it and and I know that's still a part of her a very deep part of her world today five years later, um and so to me I think um you show lead by example out there go out and lead by example if you if you're seeing the benefits perhaps sit with your team and talk to them about the benefits and and offer them some insight into how they might be able to do it but don't don't do it from a preaching place no one likes being preached to right everyone likes just seeing something that happens from example or, um, or being able to test their own things and, and experiment. Like to me, it's if our, our whole business, not just meditation, it's just the culture of experimentation and, and we t- try new things and we tweak new things and we break new things and we, 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 we just go back to that whole spirit of ex- uh, experimentation. And if everybody's got that, then they might be willing to try something um, and give it a crack knowing that they're just trying. It's just an experiment. It might fail. It might succeed. You don't know until you go and give it a go.
2: I think one of the other simple things that you can do is is just enforce things like lunch times because mm. everyone's so yeah. guilty of grabbing lunch and just sitting at their computer and eating and clicking on the mouse and carrying on with doing what they're doing. And you know, we talked about margins a lot today and I think you know you have to help them get that margin or just at least be supportive of those margins. And I think you could do simple things. Make sure they step away for lunch. Make sure they go to a breakout area. Just just get away from the desk. Get away from the PC. Don't eat like this. <laughs> if you're doing one-to-one meetings or catch-ups, why not go for a walk? Yes. Or why not set up like a little lunchtime walk, right? You might, not, you might not work in the best place, but if you're in an office, you can still go for a walk somewhere. The fresh air, the mindset, even if that walk is nothing to do with work, it's just a bit of a lunchtime walk. You can do simple things without having to, because, because everyone's in different places in their own journey, right? So trying to get someone into a, into a meditative track might be difficult for them at the time, whatever else they've got going on. But as, as someone running a business, some of the simple things that you can do is make sure that they have margins as well. Like someone's consistently working late, they're there till seven o'clock at night. That's not healthy. So that's, Let's figure out why. Let's step in and say, okay, why are you here till 7? What is it we can take away? Because if you're doing an extra two hours every single day, something's wrong. We've got the staffing wrong. We've got the tasks wrong. We've got your objectives wrong. You're under too much pressure. We need to give you back your margins because where's your life work balance? Where's that happening? And so I think there's just the simple steps that we can do as well. Awesome.
1: Okay, we shall wrap up, I think, on that note. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks, everyone, everyone for your questions in the, uh, the comments and for those listening. Um, obviously, subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash techtribe. The link will be down the bottom there somewhere if you're watching this, so please do click on the link to subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast. We have a podcast on Spotify, uh, Apple, iTunes, all the kind of podcast places where people have on Android phones and those kind of things, so subscribe to the podcast. Um, grab uh, a membership to the Tech Tribe if you haven't already. Link down below, I believe, for 40% off of your first month, I believe if that's correct. Um, And with that said, thank you very much for watching and we'll see you all in the uh, next week's episode. Cheers.
0: Thanks, guys. Thanks again, Jason, for
3: stepping in. Uh, You're more than welcome. Pleasure pleasure to be here. Thank you. you. (laughs) See you all.